Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Full House, Family Matters, Perfect Strangers, Step by Step. These were just some of the shows that made up the beloved TGIF lineup on ABC. Though TGIF feels more like a 90s institution, it really began in the 1980s with roots going all the way back to 1985. I'm Jamie and this is Everything 80s, a podcast that looks back on a decade that forever changed the way we dress, consume, and connect it. On today's journey, we return to the beginnings of a Friday night institution that was a ratings powerhouse, changed the way networks promoted specific nights, and ultimately is about the routines and rituals that were part of our lives. child of the 80s, you know how sacred Saturday mornings were. I'm sure your Saturday morning cartoon experience was similar. Each Saturday felt like a mini Christmas, and I remember having trouble getting to sleep on Friday night. The cartoons that were waiting for us on Saturday mornings were enough to keep you up. You couldn't drag me out of bed for school on a weekday, but on Saturday morning, I was up at the crack of dawn. In my house, we weren't even allowed to go downstairs until 7 a.m., But Saturday morning cartoons hadn't even come on yet. Where I was in Canada, we got old reruns of The Little Rascals and The Lone Ranger from the 1950s, and they were awesome. That was before the regular cartoons would start. But as we grew up through the 80s, our viewing habits of course changed, and Saturday morning cartoons evolved into something else. Going into the 80s, deregulation allowed for more advertising to children, and this resulted in an explosion of pop culture, specifically toys and cartoon shows, to sell them. What we were watching on Saturday mornings and after school were really nothing more than 22-minute long commercials. But as we approached the latter part of the 80s and early 90s, more of these restrictions were put back into place. Saturday mornings started to change and a variety of educational-based content was required to be shown on the networks. No offense to any of these shows, but give me He-Man any day of the week. So you may have wondered what happened to Saturday morning cartoons? Where did they go? Well, the FTC was putting so many restrictions now on cartoon shows, networks, and toy companies that they finally had enough and threw in the towel. That's the basic underlying reason why Saturday morning cartoons disappeared. But also, the audience had grown up. If you were seven in 1983, you were now a teenager by the end of the decade. Our interests and viewing habits changed. Cartoons and toys were something for kids and we had grown out of that. Live action programming like Good Morning Miss Bliss, which is the show that turned into Saved by the Bell, was now capturing our interests. Shows like these were great. There was an audience for them and they were much cheaper for the networks to make compared to animation. It's not that cartoons were completely gone from Saturday mornings in the later 80s, it's just the landscape had changed. You may not remember the show Kid Video, but it has an interesting connection to this changing landscape. Hey, 
Kid Video was a cartoon live-action show all about a real-life band of teenagers that gets transported to a cartoon world. I have an episode all about this in my earlier shows if you want to go back and check it out. But the show featured cartoons, real actors, and music videos. It was the perfect combination of everything happening in the 80s and was used to appeal to the changing viewing audience. Because it used cartoons, live action, and featured teenage actors, kid video was used to bridge the gap on Saturday mornings between cartoons and the live action programming. When kid video came on, you knew the cartoon portion of the morning was over and live action programming was beginning. Kid Video was not a massive hit, but its creation represented how the Saturday morning viewing audience was changing. If Saturday mornings were hollowed ground for young people and it faded away, what would take its place? The seeds for TJF were being planted. Growing up, we all had our routines and consistencies. Saturday morning cartoons were one of those beloved routines or rituals, as was after school TV. I would race home after school to watch GoBots, G.I. Joe, and Transformers. But as I got older, the shows would change, but the routine remained. If you were like me, after school cartoons evolved into watching The Brady Bunch or The New Mickey Mouse Club. Soon, a new ritual would become part of our weekly routine, and it took place on Friday nights. So because of Saturday morning cartoons, 1980s kids were used to blocks of targeted programming. But what put in motion the move to a specific night block of programming that would become an institution of its own and end up being copied by other networks? Well, it may have to do with the wonderful world of Disney. Besides Saturday mornings, Sunday nights were a big deal for my family during the 80s. We knew it as Disney's Wonderful World, and then the magical world of Disney. There was also the Disney Sunday Night Movie. But whatever iteration it was, Sunday was that rare night when a family could sit down together and watch the same thing. This was the exact experience Jim Janicek had. Janicek was a writer for ABC, and part of his job in the 80s was to promote ABC programming on Tuesday and Friday nights. Family-based sitcoms were, of course, huge in the 80s. Just think of Family Ties, Growing Pains, and Who's the Boss? But they all aired on different nights. Many of these shows had the same energy and tone running throughout them. What if they were put in a block together? This is when Janicek remembered the fond memories of growing up watching The Wonderful World of Disney with his family. Could this same approach work for family sitcoms? Janicek approached Bob Iger, president of ABC, with the idea. But what would be the best night for it? ABC had terrific Tuesdays, which featured shows like Who's the Boss, but also had more mature dramas that night like Moonlighting, back when Bruce Willis still had hair. ABC also had some success on Friday nights with similar family-friendly comedies such as Webster, Benson, where an unknown comedian named Jerry Seinfeld played the role of Frankie, and the show Different Strokes. This was in the mid-80s, but by 1987, all of these shows had been cancelled. They would need a new crop of shows that could fill this Friday night block. Fortunately, they already had one that was getting great traction. Perfect Strangers was the story of two very different cousins trying to coexist together in Chicago. The show first debuted on March 25, 1986. 
It started out on Tuesday nights before moving to Wednesday nights in the fall of 1986. The show was possibly the perfect sitcom. It was light, airy, funny, and not too serious. It was one of those shows the whole family could watch together, and that was the case in my own household. In March 1988, Perfect Strangers moved to Friday nights. It wasn't a massive hit, but regularly finished in the top 40 and had built up a solid fan base. The most important thing was that Perfect Strangers had the right tone the network was looking for. This was the blueprint, and TGIF would be built around Perfect Strangers. Another important part of Perfect Strangers and TGIF has to do with the word interstitials. Interstitial programs are short little programs that air between movies or big events. They are also used on TV to connect two segments together. Think of Kang and Kodos, the aliens on the Simpsons Treehouse of Horrors Halloween episodes, or how Michael Eisner would appear during Sunday night Disney programming. The best way to think of people in interstitials is as hosts or MCs. Here's an example done by the cast of Perfect Strangers. Ain't Harriet's family great? This is going to be such a fun season. And now it's time for our show, Perfect Strangers. Oh boy, have we got an episode for you. A runaway train comes right through our living room and gets hit by a tidal wave right before the volcano erupts. Okay, that's not what happens. I know, but it might make people watch. Oh, stay tuned. You're going to love the volcano. Perfect Strangers had been doing these little segments for years. Larry and Balky would appear in character for these interstitials and had been doing it as far back as 1987. When they moved to Friday nights, the interstitials went with them and Larry and Balky would essentially be the host for the first season of TGIF. They introduced the shows, told you what to expect in those nights episodes, and then checked in as the night went on. It seems like a simple idea now, but it was an accidental smart move. It gave more continuity throughout the entire programming block. These little segments would also tie in the holidays, specific themes, and be used to introduce future new shows. So Perfect Strangers was in place, but what other shows would be used for the TGIF lineup, which technically started during the 1988-89 season? Around the same time that Perfect Strangers was becoming an established hit, another show debuted. This one set in San Francisco. It featured a widowed father of three who moves in with his brother-in-law and best friend. Full House debuted all the way back in September 1987. The tone and style of Full House perfectly matched that of Perfect Strangers. Even the theme songs were similar as they were both created by Jesse Frederick. Next in the TGF lineup would be the solid standby Mr. Belvedere. Mr. Belvedere debuted back in 1985 and is the story of an English butler going to live with an American family. Again, not a ratings powerhouse, but it consistently won its time slot. Mr. Belvedere was also non-threatening and, most importantly for TGIF, family-friendly. Mr. Belvedere also has one of the all-time crazy, bizarre production hiatuses for star Christopher Hewitt, which I won't share here because this is a family show. Rounding out the first iteration of the Friday Night lineup would be a TGIF OG that is often forgotten. The show Just the Ten of Us. Just the Ten of Us was a spin-off of the hit show Growing Pains. 
It was a show about a gym teacher who taught at the same high school that Mike and Carol Seaver from Growing Pains attended. This is kind of confusing, but the debut of Just the Ten of Us had a crossover with Growing Pains as Kirk Cameron, playing Mike, appeared in their pilot, which actually aired on Growing Pains. Basically, this is what they call a backdoor pilot, and they were simply using the popularity of Growing Pains and Kirk Cameron to launch a spinoff. The synopsis of Just the Ten of Us is simply a father trying to take care of eight kids. Just the Ten of Us was not a massive hit, but still played its role in establishing the new Friday night family-based programming block. But it wasn't TGIF as we know it quite yet. I mentioned Terrific Tuesdays, and ABC knew they needed some brand recognition to identify the programming block for a specific night. They also had What a Wednesday, and even had a title for the Friday night programming, Friday Fun Night. But going into September 1989, and with everything riding on Friday nights, new branding was needed. According to Entertainment Weekly, ABC had 10,000 possible names for what to call Friday nights. Some options included Friday Night Funnies, Friday Laugh Factory, Fresh New Funnies, and my personal favorite, Friday Night Laugh-tacular. ABC wanted to convey that end-of-the-week relief that's reflected through the saying, Thank God it's Friday, but they wanted to create something unique for them. Also, the restaurant TGI Fridays made it difficult to use the name. One of the other name options was Time for Fun, and that became the basis for the new intro theme song. From this theme song came the real meaning behind TGIF. So this may be the fact of the podcast. Like me, you probably always thought that ABC's TGIF meant thank God or thank goodness it's Friday. But the lyrics of the song revealed that TGIF actually stood for thank goodness it's funny. The actual TGIF logo was first seen in 1989, as was a change in the interstitials as some of the cast members of Full House took on hosting duties. We are back with more TGIF. And more wacky snacks. This could be your greatest challenge. Joseph, what do we munch while we're watching Perfect Strangers? Tonight, Larry's got problems with Jennifer because she's found another boyfriend. Well, maybe if you gave her a nice big box of chocolates, he'd soften her up. Well, softening you up. Perfect Strangers, next. The name TGIF was officially introduced, and they announced that stars from some new shows besides Perfect Strangers would host these segments. Some of these hosts would be from a new show connected to Perfect Strangers. This show would go on to define TGIF. It's a rare condition. If you're a fan of Perfect Strangers, you may remember that Larry and Balky worked for a newspaper, and in the building was an elevator operator named Harriet Winslow, played by Joe Marie Payton. She was married to a cop named Carl, who even appeared on Perfect Strangers. Carl was played by Reginald Vell Johnson, who had also just famously played a cop in a little movie called Die Hard. The spinoff of Perfect Strangers would feature Harriet, Carl, and their family, and would be simply called Family Matters. Family Matters debuted on September 22, 1989, and was inserted right into the TJF lineup. Family Matters would soon become a staple of Friday night 
And thanks to what was initially a one-off appearance by a dorky neighbor named Steve Urkel became a ratings juggernaut, attracting at least 20 million viewers each episode. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So the TGF lineup would start with Full House, which led into Family Matters, Perfect Strangers followed that, and the lineup was finished with just the 10 of us. But if you are a TJF aficionado, you may remember the show Free Spirit. It was the story of a witch who moves in with a recently divorced father to take care of his three children. It's basically Mary Poppins, but with more neon and pastel colors. On September 22nd, 1989, that very first official night of TJF, Free Spirit debuted in the fourth spot instead of just the 10 of us. But that was the only time it appeared on TGIF as it was moved to Sunday nights just two days later. As the 80s became the 90s, Perfect Strangers, Full House, and Family Matters would remain the core three shows. Their order may change around a bit, but for the first few years would be the backbone of TGIF. When Family Matters, thanks to the insane popularity of Steve Urkel, became a massive hit, it would become the Friday Night Lead-In, where it remained for six straight years. But besides those three, the fourth show on TGF changed quite a bit. You may be waiting to hear about Step by Step, but it was still a few years away. After just the 10 of us failed to catch on, ABC gave Going Places a shot. Going Places starred Alan Ruck and Heather Locklear as Hollywood writers all renting a house together. It would back clean up on TJF, but only lasted for one season of 19 episodes. ABC then debuted the very creative show Dinosaurs. This was a live action sitcom featuring giant dinosaur costumes. It was like the Flintstones meets Family Matters, and it was a huge rating hit when it debuted, not surprisingly, with kids. Dinosaurs would go in at the number two spot, while Perfect Strangers was moved to fourth. For a short while, that fourth spot would be traded between Perfect Strangers and a new show called Baby Talk, which was kind of based on the Look Who's Talking movies. It only lasted for two seasons. But now, built on the back of Family Matters, TGIF was a bona fide hit. As a new decade began, new shows and a whole new intro for TGIF were introduced. And this is when the theme song you may be most familiar with began. It's Friday night, and the mood is right. Gonna have some fun, show you how it's done, TGIF. The fact there was not one, but two theme songs was pretty groundbreaking, as a block of time on TV never had anything like this before. TJF was perfect. Teens and preteens aren't exactly going out to the bars on a Friday night, but they're not going to bed at 7.30 p.m. They still needed something to do. These shows were catered for their specific age, but the whole family could watch them as the content was accessible for even younger kids. The 8 to 10 p.m. time block was also perfect. Late enough to watch everything, but not too late. If you were of a certain age in the late 80s and early 90s, 
TGIF was an event. You ordered pizza and drank your weight in Sprite. In my house, we would have friends over and it felt like our equivalent of having a big night out on the town, but with less vomiting when the night ended. Some vomiting, but definitely less. My sister and I are a few years apart, but we could all have our friends over because we are all in the right age range to enjoy TGIF. And you dare not miss it unless you wanted to be completely out of the loop. In 1991, Step by Step debuted and easily fit into the established lineup. This was the story of two parents, each with three kids, that get married and blend their family together. And I'm realizing a lot of these shows just ripped off the Brady Bunch. But for kids of the 80s, Friday nights were our new Saturday mornings. ABC's specific branding of a block of television worked. All the shows flowed together seamlessly, the theme songs had a continuity to them, and the in-between show segments helped tie it all together. Bob Iger and Jim Janicek's plan worked. Families were all watching TV together at home on a Friday night. And a lot of other people were watching too. The shows of TJF were fun, light, and not too serious. Except for that Full House episode when DJ passes out at the gym. And there was a formula that made this work. The creators of the core shows, Thomas Miller and Robert Boyette, said the shows needed to have two things. Moments of real human connection and trying to fulfill the fantasy where a parent would sit a kid down on a sofa and say, What's the matter, son? The standout shows of TGIF all had these warm and fuzzy moments. Once they realized it was working, it became a rinse and repeat situation. Not every show was able to capture this perfectly, but the ones that filled those first three time slots often did, and many have become some of the most beloved shows of all time. All the families featured on TGIF differed in some way, and we as viewers could find one to identify with. But all the shows felt like one big family. This meant crossover was also very easy. The core shows all connected, and you may remember seeing Steve Urkel on Full House, or even Step by Step. The properties were so similar, and TJF was really like the first Marvel Cinematic Universe, but with more sharing and hugging. As cheesy as this format may have been, it was resulting in millions of viewers. Actually, tens of millions of viewers. And most importantly, when it comes to TV, millions of dollars. ABC was so adamant on this squeaky clean format being followed that they were more hands-on than a network usually is with programming. But they didn't want to rock the boat. They knew their audience was young, and they didn't want to upset parents or any sponsors that were assured that their advertising was appearing during family-friendly content. And it was an advertiser's dream, as even from the early days, the viewing audience was engaged and stayed for the entire night. In an interview with Entertainment Weekly, Mark Zarkin, who was senior VP of marketing at the time, said the ABC research department showed what percentage of the viewing audience who was watching the 8 p.m. time slot carried over to 8.30, then 9, then 9.30 to 10. And it was 90% or greater, which was pretty unheard of. TJF was so powerful that research showed that test subjects would identify a Full House character as being from TGIF and not specifically Full House. However, this wasn't exactly a bad problem to have. The main point is people were watching, kept watching, and came back each week. And it was a lot of people. Example, 
Here are the Nielsen ratings for Friday, November 10th, 1989. Full House, Family Matters, Perfect Strangers, and Just the Ten of Us all won the respective time slots. Just the Ten of Us had 18.5 million viewers with a 20 rating share, meaning 20% of all TVs turned on that night were tuning in. Perfect Strangers had 20.5 million viewers with a 22 rating share. Family Matters had 21.9 million viewers with a 23 rating share. And Full House had a mammoth 25 million viewers with a 26 rating share. That means that one in every four viewing households in the country that night were watching The Tanner Family. On that specific night, Full House beat the juggernaut Baywatch by nearly 10 million viewers. It looks like people wanted more DJ and less CJ. Sorry, that's the worst joke. That's getting cut out. Thanks to TJF, ABC dominated the ratings and the money was rolling in. TJF wasn't popular with critics, didn't win any awards, but there was a massive viewing audience and allowed them to charge a premium to advertisers. This again infuriated critics who couldn't understand why the ratings were so high. But as Oscar Hammerstein once said, nobody likes it except people. As the 90s continued, other big shows would enter the TJF lineup. Boy Meets World, Hanging with Mr. Cooper, and Sabrina the Teenage Witch carried the TJF tradition forward. But... Of course, not every show was a hit. ABC threw a lot at the wall to see what would stick, and Friday nights were the perfect way to introduce new shows to see what worked. Besides the shows we've already covered, here's some others that ABC released over the course of TGIF. Clueless, On Our Own, I Married Dora, Camp Wilder, Billy, the head of the class spinoff, Where I Live, You Wish, Two Guys, A Girl, and a Pizza Place, featuring a handsome new Canadian named Ryan Reynolds, The Hewleys, Getting By, Muppets Tonight, Sister Sister, Odd Man Out, and Aliens in the Family. If you want a deep and obscure cut, go on YouTube after you listen to this and see if you remember Aliens in the Family. It was actually produced by the Jim Henson Company. By the late 90s, many of the classic TJF shows were long gone. One big hit came in the early 90s when TJF lost full house to Tuesday nights. As big as TJF was, you may remember how huge Tuesdays were on ABC. Because of the success they had on TJF, full house could now stand on its own alongside juggernaut hits like Roseanne. Then Family Matters and Step by Step moved to CBS. In the later 90s, ABC was also making the move to more mature-based shows and experimenting with things like Making the Band, which was a music reality show done in collaboration between them and MTV. Their audience had grown up, and the shows were trying to as well. But much of that core audience was now too old to be staying home on Friday nights. There was too much vomiting to be done on the street outside of bars now. Also, once again, the TV landscape was changing as programming was shifting to more adult audiences. By the spring of 2000, TJF was done. Half the amount of viewers were tuning in. Families now had more TVs in the house. Parents weren't watching with kids as much and new network options like Nickelodeon, the WB, and the Cartoon Network were more appealing to younger viewers. And you can only hear Steve Urkel say, did I do that so many times. ABC did try to revive TJF in 2003, but the magic just wasn't there anymore, nor were the viewers. 
The original TJF came out at the perfect time in the perfect format. But ABC put in motion the importance of branding specific nights and blocks of time on TV. NBC would capitalize on this with must-see TV as Thursday nights became built around shows like Cheers, Friends, and Seinfeld and would become one of the most powerful nights in the history of television. The story of the TJF Friday Night lineup is an interesting tale of network TV, branding, and specific programming blocks. But it's really about something so much deeper. Even though we were getting older in the later 80s, our traditions stayed the same. The ritual Saturday morning cartoons moved to Friday nights. The content changed, but the experience didn't. It was about regularity and consistency. Friday really was the perfect night for this programming block. There is a freeing feeling about Fridays. It's when you can finally sit down and breathe after the week at work or school. No matter how bad the week may have been, Friday was there waiting for you, as was this beloved television institution that gave some consistency to our lives. Ultimately, TJF was comfort food. You had your blankets, popcorn, drinks, and pizza. All the elements were there, including the content, to create an at-home, cozy experience. It seems weird to say, but there was a feeling of safety with TJF, and maybe that's what the real appeal was. Families could watch together, and mine certainly did. There weren't a lot of things on TV that parents and kids could watch together and both enjoy. TJF, with its very deliberate format and presentation, created a sense of community, and that's a powerful thing. You may have felt like the shows catered to you, your sense of humor, and your own sensibilities. You probably felt like you knew all the characters on each show and that you were being invited into their living rooms each week. The story of TJF is really the story about our beloved routines, rituals, and traditions. We started the decade with our Saturday morning cartoon tradition and ended the decade with a new Friday night ritual, TGIF. It's about the power of our traditions and the people we surround ourselves with. You may not remember specific episodes of TGIF, but the memories exist in the tradition and the people we share it with. Ultimately, it's the feeling that remains. So that's it from me. Thank you so much for listening. And if you like this episode, there's plenty more where that came from. So why not fire up Mr. Fusion and head back to my earlier episodes? There's a ton of great shows just waiting for you to listen to them. And if you really like the show, do me a solid and leave me a five-star rating and review. It helps more people find these great topics and makes my mom more proud of me. And if you're in a position to do so, you can consider sponsoring the show over at patreon.com. That's the platform to get access to bonus audio content, such as the Everything 80s Movie Review Podcast. Just head to patreon.com slash 80s, that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash 80s to learn more, or click on the link in the description. I'm Jamie, this has been Everything 80s, but I'll be back soon with a new episode. Don't you dare miss it. Music